Welcome. This is another episode of Pastors of the Roundtable. Um, I don't have the piece of paper in front of me, but I think everybody knows the tagline by now. So it really don't matter. I don't remember it. What is it? Discipleship yeah. podcast. Podcast. Uh, Monroe Missionary Baptist, Baptist Church. Church. Yada, yada, yada. On and on and on. <laughs> you know the thing. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, so. <laughs> is this our first podcast of the year? Yeah, of this one. Yeah, so we're going to do it, and it's going to be a powerful episode because <laughs> Scott's, Scott's going to lead it. <laughs> this is what we, we went in for. We, we thought of what could open up with power and pop and pizzazz. Pizzazz, that's, yeah. And, and Scott's power, face, pop, and pizzazz. And Scott's Scott Slater comes yeah. to mind. came up. We're like, wow, that, that guy right there, mm-hmm, he's got guy. it. So He's got it um, going on. <laughs> so we've got Scott <laughs> Slater with us uh, today. Um, Scott, one, one, if I'm not always uh, here, <laughs> one of the things one of the things Scott doesn't most people don't know is one of your family names in the past is Timberlake, right? Yes, yeah. So yep. the Timberlake King family line, yeah. So uh, Timberlake, uh, you could be related to I'm not Justin. Justin, I'm not. I've actually done research. <laughs> oh. You tried to figure it out? No, I didn't. Like my family paid somebody to. Oh, trace really? The, the Timberlake <laughs> King family line, and Justin Timberlake's not in it. Oh, it's pretty neat. It's a huge thick book. That's cool. Put together. That is cool. My grandma has. That's cool. It's really neat. Um, and now we won't say the name, but you also have some connection to another music celebrity of sorts. We won't listen. We won't listen the name, but Not you. Ha- but, but you have hung out with these people with somebody, right? Yes, you yes. have hung out with. I've hung out with their father. Yes. So who is also a big name yes. himself? So yes. okay. That's all we're going to say. Completely in the dark. That's all we're going to say. I'll say what we did had nothing to do with music, and it was great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll just leave a. It wasn't bad. No, no, sounded like it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) sounded bad. Whatever it was. No, 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 no. Scott's told me about this. This is great. Um, well, you guys can talk about it on your own podcast. I, I guess, guess so. Yeah. I guess your, your own podcast. Your insider <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we will. You know, yeah, we come will. and ask Scott if you if you want to ask him about his uh, celebrity family connections. It's pretty cool. Um, your so, guys' podcast will be called like the SS Podcast. Yeah. Because you both have those initials. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> the SS. Come join the SS. Come What's your middle initial, Scott? A. Oh. Mine's, mine's G. Mm-hmm. SGS. Okay, so we're here to talk today about a uh, survey that Pastor Scott put together for, this is actually for a class, correct? Yep. Okay, you want to talk my, about it? Yeah, it's for my discipleship and family ministry class that I'm uh, currently enrolled in at Southern Seminary. and uh, this The is, Southern Baptist yeah. Theological, the Southern Baptist Seminary. Theological <laughs> Seminary. Most people recognize, if you just say Southern Seminary, there's really only one that's worth talking about, so <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just kind of though. <laughs> Um, but the, the, this assignment for me, so just to explain why would I even do this? It was, it's called a, it was called a contextual assessment. The goal was to try to assess the context in which you're serving in, um, to get a good idea of the family structure, the patterns, the habits, um, a good layout of, of the land, so to speak. So it's, if you were a pastor going to a, a totally new town where you didn't know anybody, how would you go about Getting to know that community and understanding the dynamics of how it's structured and things like that. Sounds like I'd do a survey. Sounds like I would do some kind of survey, maybe. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I had the upper hand in that I've, I've been here for three years now. I'm not brand new uh, to uh, to this area, but um, one of the things I, I did for, for this was to create a, a just a simple Google form 
survey, posted it on Facebook and got almost 100 responses and mm-hmm. mentioned it to a few people and they thought it might be interesting to yeah. walk through some of it. So really... And Google and Facebook thank you as well because they stole all of this information for their own purposes too. That's fine. It was yeah. completely... Uh, <laughs> it was not random. It was... Uh, what's it? Like where you don't have to give any of your personal information. Anonymous. Yeah, yeah sure. it was anonymous. Like sure. So I don't know who said yes to what and who said okay. no to what. Okay. It was completely anonymous, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think a lot of people were actually willing to do it. Hmm. It wasn't just, hey, I'm your pastor. I'm trying to check in on how often do you read the Bible? <laughs> really? Um, but that's all this is. It's just meant to get like a good idea of the community around us. Um, I think, though, that the majority of people who took this survey are probably connected to our church because the majority of them said that they were Baptist, which is statistically weird for Monroe because people who don't know Monroe, um, would you guys say that Monroe is a generally religious place? Yeah, I think most people are a part of something. Okay, 55% of Monroe is not affiliated with any denomination at all. Like, doesn't go to any. Well, we have a lot of non-denominational churches. <laughs> well, denomination in terms of, like, they, right. they do not affiliate with any religion. Any organized religion? Any organized religion. 55%? 55%. Wow. Yeah. Based so, off of your survey? No, that was based off of a, a, census, a, a census data. That's higher finding. than I would, thought, would yeah, think. Yeah, it was higher than I would have thought, too. Um, but of, the, of those who do identify with some kind of religion, what would you say are the three highest from first, second, third? Catholic. Catholic is number one. Lutheran. Lutheran is number three. Okay, Baptist. Baptist is number two. Yeah. Um, But there's uh, generally twice as many Catholics as there are Baptists. So Mm. it's of those who are religious in Monroe County, at least as the census data shows and denominational affiliation, uh, most of the religious people that you would meet in Monroe County will be Catholic. Mm -hmm. Um, But then after that, it will be Baptist. But the weird thing is, or not weird, I guess, but unique thing is that like someone like me from the South would think, oh yeah, of course, because the Baptist church is huge in the South. Like that's going to be the largest denomination no matter where you go in the American South. But that's actually very rare in Monroe. And the, the site that I was using for the census data, Monroe County is the only county in Michigan that has Baptist of any kind listed in the top three denominations. It's only Monroe County, mm. which I thought was really interesting. Mm. And I think probably goes back to the presence of our church. Like we're the second oldest Southern Baptist church in Michigan. Is that right? That's at least what our website says. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a good and story. There you go. It's a good story, even if it's not true. There you go. <clears throat> and we were talking earlier, probably most of the other Baptist churches in this county come from our church at some point or the other. Sure. Um, but uh, but I thought that was pretty interesting, um, that finding there. But. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's kind of like the the religious scope of of Monroe. But when it comes down to the survey, um, the the survey respondents, the vast majority of them that responded were Baptists. So I think this is probably more a reflection of like the people who are connected to our church. Uh, they they saw it on that I posted on Facebook and they took it. Um, but the first section had to do with work and work habits, and uh, there was a big section that wasn't in the workforce, um, and that was uh, women. And so um, there's a lot of ladies that, that took the, the survey that weren't part of the workforce, and so you got, you got to see that there. But for those who were uh, part of the workforce, um, some of the things, and you guys, I mean, clearly, like, you know, read through this sheet that you have in front of you. If anything stands out to you, we can talk about it. But something that stood out to me was between the men and the women who were part of the workforce, there was a big difference in their commute to work. So – the majority of men 
who were part of the workforce had greater than a 40-minute or greater commute to work, whereas the majority of women had a 10-minute or less commute to work. And so there's just a huge difference over the the travel time that it's taking men and women to go to their places of work. I just thought that was really interesting, something I wouldn't have thought would be changed based on gender, you know, necessarily. Um, but it was pretty interesting to me, at least. I don't know. What are you looking at, Tim? Something looks like it struck you when you looked at that. I just see you have percentages, and then I'm one you have a fraction. I was wondering why the change. I don't know. Sometimes put, it just helps. You to, put two to mix thirds of women instead of sixty six percent. Yeah, sometimes you just got to mix it up a little bit, Tim. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Cool. Yeah, no problem with it. Just uh, noticed it. Yeah, there you go. That's what you noticed. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Good job analyzing that data, Tim. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah! Wow! I'd say that. Um, I'd, that's, uh, <laughs> that statistics class paid off, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, the odds that you can I plus an ad. You put only seventeen percent of men never work the weekend. That's kind of surprising to me. I would have thought it'd been higher than that. Never work the weekend. Mm-hmm. That, no. Yeah, it says seven. At least in my survey. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not like a completely equal survey of like. Mm. 3,000 residents of Monroe so County. So 83% of the men that you surveyed say they do work on the weekends at some point. At some, usually like at least once a month. That means that they'll be working on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it says more than 50% work on the weekends at least once a month. More than 25% work on the weekends at least multiple times a month. Hmm. I wonder how that's reflective of COVID and people working from home now. Where before they might not have worked on the weekends because they didn't go into the office, but now that their office is in the house, they seem to be working more. In the survey, in the survey, I did ask uh, if people work from home, and there was only like two that responded that they work from home out of ninety-four hmm. responses. So there weren't that many actually. Really, um, and so which is surprising because you'd expect the people who would have seen the survey would be those who are working from home, but are really on Facebook, not really doing much. But I don't know, y'all didn't think that was funny. All right, whatever. <laughs> I was so, trying to think. Of I who thought it was true. Survey. What'd you say, Scott? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm stuck on yeah. the fraction. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about like the hmm. and like, there's another statistic again, and this doesn't have a fraction or anything. It just says men who are part of the workforce are three times more likely than women to work every weekend. That comes into play. Like so, the this is why they wanted me to do the contextual assessment because what that means is that if a family is going to church, they're going without the father Mm. or she's going without her husband some of the time, at least Mm -hmm. right. That if there's going to be a person who is less likely to be there, it's going to be him. Yeah. If he's working. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that comes into play, especially with family ministry. Mm -hmm. How often somebody's going to be there. Mm -hmm. Were you going to say something? I was going to say the education really, it's really interesting that 28% of women had completed postgraduate studies compared to only 7% of men. Yeah. And I wonder if that's because of the medical field. And I know a lot, I mean, this even says that the the medical field here for women, and that's part of it, just, you know, going into post-grad stuff, nursing, you know, so forth. Yeah, the two, what you're referencing is the, the <clears throat> two areas uh, that women, they're the two sectors mm-hmm. that women were most likely to work in were either education, mm-hmm. which many times requires postgraduate studies, mm-hmm. if not always. Does it always require postgraduate studies? Um, what? To work in as like a teacher? I think you have to, but it's... You have to get it eventually. Okay, you have to work masters. toward it, yeah. You have to work mm-hmm. towards yeah. it eventually. So that, that probably is, yeah. is one of the reasons why that showed... But the education and healthcare, yeah, healthcare, were the two largest sectors for women 
uh, to work in, mm-hmm. which probably also affects their commute time. Mm-hmm. Both those places are pretty local to us. Whereas the largest sector for men, which was 30%, uh, worked in manufacturing. manufacturing yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. the, the factories yeah. and things around here. Yeah. But yeah, what you're pointing out is that women in the survey, at least four times as many women as men had postgraduate studies. But pretty much every other level of education from high school through a bachelor's degree was pretty equal mm-hmm. between men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I honestly wasn't surprised to find that there was a, dis, a discrepancy between men and women because I'd recently uh, heard that women are more likely to be educated than men. Um, it's just in, in general, you mean? Usually just in general, like uh, like if, like what I had heard would, I haven't like studied this myself, but just heard was that uh, um, like college like college rosters are mm-hmm. are there's greater numbers of women mm. going to college than there are men okay. going to mm-hmm. college, um, so mm. that's kind of what that shows. But yeah, um, but then uh, like in terms, they've also looked at habits, like how do people try to spend their time? Who do they want to spend their time with? And almost everybody said that they spend time with their family, and that like if they have a choice of who to spend their free time with, it's their family that they spend time with. The other two that were i think i told them to choose only three but um the uh half of the survey respondents said they spend their free time alone like by themselves they don't Mm. spend their time with anybody and so they're either going to be spending it with their family the other side said that they spend it with their church friends which is an encouraging thing um but uh you don't really know like how okay how often are you choosing to do it alone versus spending time with your your church family but everybody said they were spending it with their family uh, their own, which again, bringing that back into the idea of a contextual assessment, that's, that's an important thing to recognize and to realize, especially for someone in my position as a family ministry pastor, because ministry to children is primarily the responsibility of parents. And if that just goes to reinforce the idea that the people who are around children the most is their own family, Right. And so the understanding of the idea that it's the church's job to disciple children and to train children, I'm not going to be able to do as good of a job as what a parent is or what other family members for that matter are, because they're the ones who are around them the most often, you know, spending time with them. And so that just kind of reinforces and uh, that idea. I was curious about where people spent their time, um, like if they were they wanted to go do something more for entertainment where would they go because we're kind of split between toledo and detroit and there's places to go and blow both i i was surprised by this that uh 71 uh, percent of respondents go outside of monroe county they said for entertainment uh and leisure i didn't really define what that was i kind of let people define that in their own minds of when i go somewhere for leisure or for fun do I do that inside of Monroe County? And 71% of people said no. Like, so they, they don't play here necessarily. Mm. They don't have fun here or like relax. I think, I think in a lot of ways though, that, 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 that the commute and this highlights what Monroe County is as a whole. It is a County where people live and work, but travel outside or as far as like I'm saying for, they live here, but they go to work outside of it Or they go to do leisure in either Wayne County or Lucas County, where Toledo's at. Yeah, and, and most most of them said they go to Toledo. 
I was surprised by that. I thought that they would go like to the downriver area or north of yeah. here. But the majority of people said that they go to uh, to Toledo for that. They'll stay in Monroe for most of their practical needs. Like if they have to go buy clothing or groceries or mm-hmm. whatever like that. But but what you're saying, yeah, that, that does identify that. Did you ask a question like how much free time they have? I didn't. And looking back, as I was like sorting through the data, I was like, man, I really wish I'd be able to figure like this out. But I didn't ask a question mm-hmm. like that. Because even that entertainment thing is kind of shocking to me because um, you think about like what do people do for entertainment and leisure? Mm-hmm. And and for a lot of people, it honestly would be their free time and their spending time with family is their entertainment and leisure, mm-hmm. which I'm guessing is in Monroe County. But they're not going to count that as entertainment and leisure. So they're probably thinking of games. They're thinking of uh, movies. Plays, musicals. Plays, musicals, <clears throat> of which in Monroe, we have one of the best movie theaters around. So I'm guessing a lot of people don't leave Monroe to go to a movie. But, yeah, we don't have, like, sports teams. But we do have, <clears throat> and I know a lot of people do this, a lot of people for entertainment go to the high school sporting events around here, which would be in Monroe. And then we also, if you're into outdoors, like fishing and stuff, you don't have to leave Monroe to do that. We have a, we have a lot of that. So I'm kind of shocked that it's that low. I'm just wondering how people are thinking. Yeah, that, that, that was one of the, the weak points of the surveys that, man, I really wish I would have asked something like that. Like, what do you do? For I'm assuming, like, for instance, and I guess for me, yeah, one of the things I would think is someone who says they're coming home and saying, hey, honey, you want to go out for dinner tonight yes, after a long day of work? They're probably thinking, and they're thinking, listen, I've got to go to work tomorrow. Let's just yeah. go to Monroe and grab a bite. They're not counting that as leisure right. entertainment. But if it's Friday night and they're saying, let's go out to a really nice place, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. then they're, they're going to that Toledo. Leisure. That's leisure and entertainment, yeah. whereas... Yeah. Yeah, I guess that, that that would be kind Monroe of doesn't really have the restaurant scene like Toledo would or Detroit because it's sure. not a metro area. You know, it's a, almost like a smaller town. Compared to where I came from, it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that's okay. true. You know? But in terms of like, <laughs> but in terms of like, sit down, yeah, nice yeah. places. That's what I'm saying. There, there's a garage. there's a few. Yeah. There, I mean, there's a few that yeah. people would go to, yeah. but yeah, yeah, not a lot. Most people are thinking Livonia yeah. or, or Ann Arbor. Yeah. 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 So places. so while there's there's missing stuff that would help explain some of this i do think it's interesting that whatever they were thinking in people's minds the most Mm -hmm. most of them thought i'm not gonna stay in monroe county for entertainment and leisure Mm. i don't want to stay here for that i want to go somewhere else i don't know why it is i don't know if it's like this everywhere i've i've lived here but the general sense i get is that people who live in monroe are like monroe stinks it's just like the general thing. And when you try to like dig down, cause I've tried that before. Like, why does it, why does it stink? Like, what do you mean? They would say, there's just nothing to do. I'd be like, well, where are you going to go for something to do? They never have an answer. Yeah. Unless they're like, well, New York city, you know, or something. It's like, <laughs> okay. You know, there's only like a few of those places around. Right. So I think there's just this general, like, like Spencer was kind of saying they didn't, I would guess a lot of them didn't even think through the answer fully. It's like, Oh, I'm not going to hang around my own do entertainment. I go other places. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, what do you do in Toledo? Uh, go to the mall. I mean, I it's like, I don't know what Costco. they're doing in Toledo. Yeah. You going to Costco? Yeah. I mean, they do have the Huntington Center. They have uh, in Toledo, Fifth there's uh, Fifth Third Field. But I can't imagine people are like going to that. They have that ship that I want to go take a tour of. The Titanic ship? No, the the well, the big the big bar, uh, cargo the ship. The freighter ship. Yeah, the freighter yeah, ship. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah I want to go there. Mm-hmm. They have a little museum there too next yeah. to it. Where's that? Where's that? 
Right. It's right on the river. Right where the bridge is. It's like right by the where the bridge is. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's only open like in warmer it's months. The Freighter Museum, I think oh. it's called. That'd be neat. Yeah, yeah, it would be cool to go. It is cool. Mm-hmm. That would be. Fun. There you go. <laughs> there you I, go. I, I See, go. Podcast Tim, Tim, over. Tim have you ever freighter. been there? Nope. See, wh- that we seems like something they would have at Belle Isle because they have like the like some mm. kind of museum. Yeah, for yeah. freighter ships on that would Belle be cool Isle to go there. I've never been there. They have a Great Lakes Museum. It's about the Great Lakes, I think. Yeah, I'm um, yeah, allowed. be that. And they have yeah. a really cool. But little... they have like a a, 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 a cabin. I don't know. No one can see your hands <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like one of the cabins where, like the 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 what did it call? It's not a pilot. Pioneer. The captain. The captain oh. is like driving the ship and has all the instruments and stuff oh, okay. like that. Is that what? Oh, yeah, right. I think it's a Great Lakes. Okay. One. All right. I want to go back there because we didn't see like the aquarium or anything. Yeah, the aquarium's like really cool, and it's free. Just put a little donation. It just has in to be open. It wasn't open when I was there. Yeah, Belle Isle would be a really cool place if they made it nice again. I like it. Make make Belle Island great again. <laughs> I, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that's that. what he's running on. That's what Spencer's running on. Yeah, so that's kind of like people's habits and what they're doing. And sure, it'd be great to to know more of that and and what they're doing. Why do you um, think, by the way, Toledo? That's interesting. I think it just I it was seems. Too. Is it, I think is it closer to? I mean, I don't know if it's closer, but I think it seems in people's minds like less hectic. Hectic. Yeah. I mean, Toledo's pretty hectic though when you go, but it. I think yeah. in people's mind, it seems like like than Detroit for sure. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Which I don't think Detroit's that hectic if you actually like go and go to certain spots. Not that hectic, but it's, it's, but like yeah. going to Fifth Third Field, much than Mudhens, a lot sure. easier than going to see the Tigers. Sure. Sure. It's it's much easier. Yeah, sure. yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting. So uh, there was a discrepancy. Toledo also has the zoo. I'm sorry, the That's zoo got to be a big oh, one. Yeah, the zoo is a big. That deal. probably yeah. is a big one because, yeah. and that might be a big one because there was a discrepancy between like uh, it was just under 75 percent of people who took the survey were women. Only 25 oh. percent of my survey respondents were men, identified so, as men. Oh boy! We'll let you see. Did that. you ask that? <laughs> no, no. What, what gender do you identify as? Oh. But we—that uh, might have some. That I—that would have something interesting to do too, because yeah. I would think that a woman thinks about entertainment a little differently than a man would in terms of, like, a man would probably be more likely to think of a sporting event I'm going to go to, mm-hmm. whereas most of the women who respond to this have children. And would have thought, oh man, the zoo! Like we go to the zoo sure. for entertainment, and that would be the Toledo yeah. Zoo. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there, there you go. I, got, I know this. I don't know if anybody knows this. Like, if you were to take Monroe County north to south, like, would would the population be spread out evenly, or would they be more heavily leaned north or south? Like, I'm just. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Would more of the county live in the north? Because I know, like, I don't know. I'm I just would think curious. north. Like Frenchtown up would be, I would think north of the river would be would have more that's people the, than that's the four eight one six one four eight one six two divide. Yeah, yeah. I would think north of the river because north of the river too is where you have like Frenchman's Bend, Cranbrook. You got all those neighborhoods that pop yeah. that way, mm-hmm. and then down Elmore is where you have Michigan Ave, Arbor Ave, and those are right. big neighborhoods back in there. Um, and I'm just thinking also though the other townships. Yeah, and north. as you go farther, I think yeah, I think you're gonna find Carlton and all those. Yeah, there was more, uh, more. Um, what are they called? Like uh, trailer park homes yeah, more north, which sure. have more people in them, obviously, mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. others. So I would say probably more north has yeah. more. I would think so too. I mean, if you I'm looking at the map of Monroe County right now, I mean Monroe really is smack dab in the middle, like in terms of yeah. the interstate of 75. Mm. It really is in the middle, and those neighborhoods you're referencing are all kind of north of the river. But mm. 
Yeah, so I was a little surprised by Toledo. I thought based based on people I talk to sure. in the church, like they people always seem. I guess I was attributing that there was more to do, or there were nicer things to do north of here. You know, up in like the Ann Arbor Ypsilanti area, downriver area mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, See, and as I opposed don't, to Toledo, I, I know a lot of people who like go to West Road, but it's just for eating or to shop. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. I, I try to think of, like, for things to do, though, mm. I can't think of anything really north. Like, oh, this is what we're going to go do. Like, mm. Wyandotte in the summer has some neat things outside yeah. to do, like art fairs and some different stuff There's that people like. some big parks up there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you have some Bishop's of that, like parks Metro really Parks good. and some different stuff. But when you're thinking, again, like you said, your mind goes to, like, ball games and going to plays, you got to go all the way to Detroit yeah. for that. But yeah. then Toledo does have that. I mean, they have the Stranahan Theater. Which mm-hmm. has all the plays, it has concerts, mm-hmm. right? Toledo has all that. Or a lot of concerts are uh, even farther up by Rochester, yeah. Pine yeah. Knob Pine area, Knob, yep. mm-hmm. um, and then so that's that's a ways away. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't think there's much to do north either. In my mind, I guess when I'm thinking about it, like yeah. the shopping and eating, yeah, Westroad has all that kind of stuff, yeah. places yeah. to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was interesting to me because as being a recent uh, transplant to Monroe recently, I mean, as in three years ago, like what I, I referenced earlier, compared to where I came from, I don't ever need to leave Monroe. That's Everything what, is yeah. here. You know, like entertainment, yeah. I can, my family can be entertained forever with everything <laughs> that's here. Watch the grass grow. <laughs> See? No, that's, I'm with that's you. That's Monroe I County resident. I'm with you, honestly, Scott. Yeah, no, the town that we came from had a thousand people in it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Monroe's bustling i mean and now and now we're getting a chick-fil-a or not chick-fil-a chipotle and now chipotle i mean chick-fil-a so in terms of restaurants even it's like town i came from had like the only sit-down restaurant we had that i can think of was waffle house right so (laughs) that's class (laughs) class. we almost ate there on christmas day (laughs) driving to my parents because it was the only place open we ate at ihop on christmas (laughs) day did you nice but that was, I was one of the excited. best meals I've ever had. I was <laughs> You're saying that? Well, the reason is, is I think we we got in there and we ate it at this truck stop, and they're like, it was in, it was in Effingham, Illinois, <laughs> at the IHOP. Effingham is the name. That's the town. Yeah. Yep. That's and, awesome. And uh, yeah, and so we we go there and like the lady's like, this is the only place open in Effingham, and so we're there. So we got our name in and. You had to wait? Yes. <laughs> Tell you what. We, it was a big deal, man. And when we got in there, we I had my burger, and Courtney's like, this is the maybe the best omelet I've ever had. But I think also it was because we're just so thankful for something's <laughs> yeah. open. I'll tell you what. we, we awesome. I was excited to introduce my kids to Waffle House because they've never been there, and I love Waffle House. But th- their parking lot was packed, and I was like, we are not going in there. It'll take forever. The kids are starving. So the only other places that were open that we could find were Chinese Restaurants. Yeah. Just and like in the Christmas story. Oh my goodness. So we went to the takeout place. <laughs> you gotta stop. You gotta stop. We went to the takeout place and the line was out the door at the takeout place. And we're like, we can't do this because we didn't want to go to the buffet because our initial thought was I, like I agree. there's nobody that's gonna be here. And so the food at the buffet on Christmas night is gonna be old and stale. Mm-hmm. That place was hopping. 
There were tons of people in this buffet. Of course. Everybody was going out to eat at the Chinese buffet. Because it's, it's wow. smiling at me. It's <laughs> it smiling was, at me. It was good. It was oh, delicious. Oh, yes. Good. Yes. Anyways. Uh, there's the season. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so funny. Best, best yeah. part. <laughs> uh, something I tried serving and getting a feel of also was some of the opinions of uh, people that were surveyed. And so, uh, like asking them, you know, what did they think the greatest challenge for their family was right now? Um, what's the most significant things that have happened in Monroe County in the last 20 years, in the last 10 years? So these are all open-ended questions, and there was a lot to sort through. But one of the ones that I was able to kind of get a little bit of percentage for by counting and, and roughly categorizing what this struggle was uh, for this family 31% of respondents said that their family's greatest challenge that they were going through right now was financial in nature. That was pretty much across the board. So like they might have said inflation is is a is the challenge or they might have said other some other like um or like a lack of employment or something like mm -hmm. that. That's getting down to financial mm -hmm. in nature, financial pressures sure. uh, that this family's feeling. But the other two, so that was 31% the next highest consistent one was health, uh, health concerns. That was 16%. And then after that, I was, uh, I didn't expect this um, when I saw it, but 10% of the respondents, so at least nine people, said that the biggest challenge facing their family was aging. They were getting old and, and having difficulty of just the difficulties that come with getting old. That was their biggest problem right now. And... I guess just because of my stage of life, that's not something that I ever thought would be a significant, you know, challenge. Yeah. But that is something that a significant number of people are going through and dealing with. So, you know, thinking about your context and our context as pastors, there's at least a significant portion of our church family probably who really their their biggest challenge is that they're facing is just they're getting old. You know, yeah. they need help, you know, with all those normal things. Was it just that that, that they are getting old or was it like <clears> – <throat> that their parents are getting old and they're having to take care of their parents now. And it wasn't that specific. It oh. just asked your family's greatest challenge. Ooh. So it could have been them. There were several uh, elderly uh, people that took uh, the survey, but I'm sure it could have, some of it could have Ooh. been like my parents are getting really old and that's been a challenge trying to take care of them and, and things like that. But, um, but yeah, so I, I thought that was a, an interesting find uh, right there. Um, so, it's on the it's on the list, so you guys have probably read this, but I'm curious to you know if you can maybe try to have an unbiased think of what your answer would have been prior to reading through this list of what would you say, Tim? You're the only one that'd be qualified to answer this of what the I'm what always the greatest, biased though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't. What the what the greatest <laughs> challenge, or or like what the most significant? I didn't even. It could have been positive. Somebody could have answered this positively. I, the, the question was, what was the most significant thing to happen in Monroe County in the last 20 years? And then I asked about the, the last 10 years. So it doesn't have to be, what's the worst thing that's happened? But that is how everybody answered it. Everybody answered it negatively. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. But what would you say, Tim, would be the most significant thing to happen in the last 20 years in Monroe County? I don't know what I would have said. What they said is right, though. The closing of the Ford plant. Yeah. I remember that happening, but I was too young to like think, you know, think about the ramifications and everything. But that probably would be the the biggest one mm. because that was a huge 
source of income for many families mm-hmm. who lived here. What year did that close? I mean, I don't, the I don't last know. 20 years, right? I think it was in the 80s, check. I think. Wasn't the 80s? Yeah, the, that wasn't 20 years. I don't think that was. Maybe. Because I've been married for 20, for 20 years. So that closed in the 80s. No. No, I don't think. 90s? No. In the 90s, I would oh, think early okay. 2000s. Um, I don't know when it closed. You said early 2000s? No, it might have officially closed. They may have still had some operations there. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not sure. That's out by... Um, it was on Elm. Yeah, yeah. But and all, it, I'm trying to think what else. I don't know, significant? Because also the thing about that is, and I remember, um, I don't know if I heard this from whenever I was up around Flint, because they went through, a, obviously, losing the automotive plants there. But the thing is... Is this 2012? What? The closing of the Ford plant? Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. Never mind. But also, the those incomes, uh, not only... F- uh, financially helped to the people who were um, making the money themselves, but those that money also then was dispersed into all sorts of other jobs. Mm-hmm. So that that's right. So like in Flint, right, they talk about how like, you know, or other places, right? So that money goes to the employees, but then those employees go spend it for medical purposes or leisure or whatever. Yeah. Um, so 07 maybe. So yeah, that's, that's what I found. Uh, this yeah, was an article that. published in 2007. Oh, wow. It's a lot yeah, later than I thought. Yeah, it was later mm-hmm. than I would have would have thought too, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's a that was a big one. Last 10 years? I don't know. Me and Scott coming? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Somebody said that. <laughs> Are you <laughs> serious? The said. new staff? <laughs> yeah. That's said. awesome. He was joking around. Yeah. yeah. Significant thing in yeah. the last 10 years. Going, like staying on the 20-year thing, that... Uh, I mean, that happened right around the, the recession, like the 2008 recession, right? And that also had other broad implications uh, for Monroe County of, like mm. you said, that that's, mm. that's, uh, that's affecting people who are working, which is mm-hmm. affecting where they're spending their money and what they're not spending their mm-hmm. money on. And there's, uh, I think that affects the commute. Yeah, it affects the commute. Potentially, right? mm-hmm. if people could have got hired in there. Well, it says here in the article that I looked at that the that plant uh, employed 1,200 people. Wow. And so that's that was, back then, a pretty significant... Uh, I mean, even yeah, I mean the big things in Monroe were always the Fort, that, and then the paper mm-hmm. mills that we had. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then the paper mills, you know, shut down and left. And then when Fort, and then Ford does. But yeah, that... Was, lazy, was there ever a Lazy Boy factory here? That made the chairs or the furniture here. I'm I'm not an expert on that. I I'm not sure. I mean, Lazy Boy's always been a big employer too. They, so they had their headquarters here. Yeah. So I have to. I do have to take back something I said. I do remember somebody saying, in terms of their all these answers being negative, one of the answers somebody said was that a big factor was Lazy Boy staying mm-hmm. in Monroe. Yeah. yeah, that's a big they deal. Said that was a big deal, and they built that. Yeah, mm-hmm. new spot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bad to ask this. I have a horrible memory, but also I just I I don't make too big of a deal of a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, something something that that communicated to me I mean, is a new person coming in, relatively new again. I drive around Monroe, and I definitely see Monroe just visually as an economically like a place that's been hit hard economically. There's a lot of buildings before the pot shops came that were just kind of boarded up. Yeah. Or struggling, like, mm-hmm. you know, you come off the interstate there at La Pleasance and, like, all these, you could tell this area was growing a lot, and then something happened to make it stop. 
all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And all that kind of in, in looking this up and trying to figure this out kind of goes back mm-hmm. to the recession in 2008, which hit Monroe really hard because the Ford plant closed. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were employed there or employed in, in vocations other, you know, that were connected to that in some way. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that, that, had a, that had a really big hit, mm-hmm. you know, on, on all of that. And so that was the 20 years, but what about the 10 years? So what would you guys say for the, the last 10 years, the most significant thing to happen in Monroe County? In Monroe County, the last How about Cabela's? When did Cabela's come in? <laughs> I don't know. It helped. Dundee, at Nobody least. mentioned Cabela's. I mean, Dundee was nothing, yeah. right? And then Cabela's yeah. came in and... Yeah. I don't... Then nobody mentioned Cabela's. Yeah. I don't know. They probably don't think of that as Monroe, but it is. As okay. Monroe County. Yeah. 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 No, you're right. Uh, it was a split. Know. It was an even split between what what was most popular for people to say for so, the last ten years. Last ten years, I haven't read what it is yet, so I really don't know what you're going to say. Oh well, take a guess. What do you think? <sighs> take my survey, Tim. The last ten years, the biggest thing that's happened. Sp- as he's thinking, Spencer, what do you think? One of them is going to be COVID. Yeah, probably COVID was one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Second thing would be the pot shops. Pot shops. I know this just because we talked about it. Oh, you're supposed <laughs> to make your own guess. No, sorry. Yeah. Those those were the two things that were seen as like the most significant things happening. Those were high up on I there. I guess when you said yeah. happened to Monroe County, COVID didn't come to my mind because that happened like to the world. Yeah, <laughs> sure. right. I didn't yeah. think about you're it specific to Monroe. Yeah, it wasn't local to <laughs> Yeah, here. I was trying to think specific to Monroe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pot shops have caused quite a, quite a ruckus, yeah. I guess, with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that it, that those were the two greatest things, and so in terms of um, what are people concerned about, you know, uh, what do they think was a big deal? And people are pretty concerned. At least people who took my survey are pretty concerned about those dispensaries and the effect it's going to have. Hmm. Um, the I asked. I also asked the question of what the um, what the what they think the greatest social challenges that. Uh, Monroe County is facing, and number one, almost everybody said uh, drug abuse, and I think that might have some kind of connection to uh, the marijuana dispensaries opening, uh, but also other issues with with drug abuse. And yeah, I feel like I, I'm not in that world too much, but heroin was really bad for a while mm-hmm. before COVID. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like doing a lot of funerals with drug overdoses that had to do with with the heroin mm-hmm. epidemic. That was going on because that was really big too. Um, what was the book? Uh, the book that JD Vance, Hillbilly Elegy. Yeah, remember when that when that came out? Two thousand sixteen or so. Yeah, and yeah. he was talking about that in Middle Ohio, Middletown, yeah, Middletown, yeah. Ohio. Yeah. Which and it, I read that book and I'm like, I can see that here. There's a lot of parallels. Yeah, there. because we had a lot of that too going on. Mm-hmm. Um, people passing away from bad drugs, like they got a bad batch of whatever and was laced this or mm-hmm. too much. And mm-hmm. um, so, the, but to me, it seemed like that has went down some, but I could be wrong. Cause I'm not, I'm not in that world too much, but it, it seemed like that. I mean, I just, I guess I just did a funeral for a drug overdose weeks ago, but yeah, um, it doesn't seem as bad. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I, yeah, I see that there. I think that's an important book. Um, not everybody should read it, probably, because I mean, there's there is some. I mean, some people might be uncomfortable with some of the language that's used yeah, in that book, right. but I do think that book, Hillbilly Elegy, is helpful 
to uh, you're not going to not everything in it is going to be you're going to find parallels in Monroe County. But there's a lot of yeah. parallels as far as even culturally. And it's it's yeah. all about the southern, the poor uh, in many the poor white working class uh, blue collar it's about the culture of poverty yeah it's really what it is i have friends in scotland who read that book and said that sounds like scotland council estates right right and they're and they're from they're from kentucky and tennessee i mean there was a reason why the highway was called the hillbilly highway Mm -hmm. because it was because so many people left kentucky and tennessee to move obviously our church is a result of that um, is a fruit of that of that migration. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it's interesting that the the closing though of the the plant and then the drug concern that people feel here, um, those are very related themes that you'll see in Hillbillyology, where the 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 in Middletown, Ohio, where the industrial uh, jobs shut down, mm-hmm. and then those those uh, those other things increase. I would say though, oh, go ahead, Dave. I was gonna say it's interesting too, like with the, with the industry changing, and then back to that, you know, your percentage of like the the elderly people getting concerned about getting older. Monroe seems like an older town in many ways, and I've heard that from from people. It's like, you know, and because people are, you know, as they're as they're growing up or the emerging generation, they're going to want to go to more trendy places, you know, like Monroe is not really a hipster town. There's not a ton of people moving here. Right. Yeah. It's not very hipster town, you know, and so people are like, oh, let's go to Portland. Let's go, you know, wherever. And so um, I know that's a concern. And I think that's interesting with the the grieving, if you will, of, of the Ford plant closing and of the industry, like the paper mills and stuff like that, no longer in existence with the age factor. It's almost like, oh, back in the good old days, we had this. And you've, you know, you've mentioned that him you know people even said that about this church oh back in the you know back in the good old days our church you know did this and this you know there is almost that nostalgic type of thinking here in monroe which i find is very interesting because it is changed you know our our generation our culture is very different now as far as that goes so Mm -hmm. when you come to economically though i mean i don't i don't think monroe is down economically Mm -hmm. there's definitely pockets of it that are but Mm -hmm. um I don't remember again how it all played out with the Ford plant closing in Monroe. I don't remember if all those people lost their job or if they got moved. Because hmm. I remember that happening quite a bit. Like you, you would hear rumors of Ford places closing, and it would say they would say, "I'm going to have to move to Chicago because that's the plant that I'm going to get sent to, or down to uh, Kentucky because hmm. that's where they shift the trucks. The trucks started getting made down there, and like, and so I know some people who've done that, and so I don't know. I'm not sure how many people actually lost their job Mm, okay Mm. right or they got shipped to flat rock or dearborn Mm -hmm. because within driving distance of monroe's a lot of or they got a buyout or they got a buyout yeah yeah or they got a buyout and so i don't know if economically monroe is that bad off Mm. at least to me personally i know we have some buildings that you know don't have businesses or whatever Mm -hmm. in it but when you look around it seems like a lot of people have pretty decent cars uh, things are still bought. You know, there's mm-hmm. still all these new re- uh, fast food places are coming yeah. up, and that, that doesn't happen by accident unless mm-hmm. statistics are showing that's a worthy place to put that. Mm-hmm. A place like Chick Fil A, now a mom and pop restaurant, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when these other big places are coming in, there's there's something to that. Yeah. So I guess there's a difference mm-hmm. maybe that that we would have to distinguish between of the the people who live here are the people who live here bad off economically in terms of job versus the county itself right mm-hmm. the the land that's been developed the buildings that are there because i i noticed that when i moved here i was like there's a lot of empty buildings around mm-hmm. this place yeah right a lot of businesses that opened and were doing really well but now have shut down or mm-hmm. buildings that haven't been used for a long time more than i was used to seeing mm-hmm. um so yeah there's a there's a maybe we need to distinguish mm-hmm. between that because 
people, men especially, commute out to their work and come back. But what you said, you know, talking about people, when you talk to people from, from Monroe, they don't seem to like Monroe that much. But I was surprised to find the opinion was different in my in my survey, at least, of people who responded. They seem to like Monroe yeah. and to enjoy Monroe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the reason that they're here is for their families. Uh, and so if, if they look back to their family history, do I have something on family history? Yeah, I do yeah, have some, roots. but it, it doesn't talk about um, work necessarily. Um, but it said the, a lot of the people who said, I asked the question, who was the first person in your family to move to Monroe County and why? The answer was almost always work. Very few people, like their families have been here for generations upon generations, very few all their families moved here for the work, but now all of them stay here because this is where their family has been planted. This is where their kids are. This is where their grandparents are. It's where their relatives are. Sure. So people like staying in Monroe County. They indicated they liked the small town feel of it, but they're able to kind of get their business done somewhere else. Like you referenced earlier, I think, Spencer. They'll go work. They'll go do their entertainment somewhere else, but they like living here in sure. the small town of it, so people actually do like living in Monroe. They're okay uh, with that, I guess you could say. Yeah, I've never had a bad view of living in Monroe. I mean, I I don't want to be Chicago. I don't want to mm-hmm. be. I wouldn't live here if it was if it was like that, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've, I've always thought we've had the best of everything within thirty minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, agree. I can go to any. I can go to anything. You know what I mean? I can go watch a professional football game. I can go watch college games. I can go to concerts and plays. Mm-hmm. I can. And if I do want to go to a big city, I can be in Chicago in four hours or a real quick plane ride that used to be kind of cheap, but didn't yeah. anymore. You know, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. And then we have, you know, all the Great Lakes and stuff, which if you like outdoorsy kind yeah. of things, that's, yep. it's beautiful. People, people said they liked having the lake. Yeah. And, the, and then within our state is I mean, how many people tell you, oh, yeah, our house by the lake. And they don't usually mean a Great Lake. They mean one of the little lakes around, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. People love, love doing that. I mean, it's just I've always viewed myself as pretty fortunate to live to live where I to live where I live. I mean, us four, we've talked about natural disasters too. I don't I've never had to worry about those. Mm-hmm. Hurricanes and yep. all that. We had an earthquake not long ago. We, we did. did. That's yeah. true. I Might felt have it. felt it. It was the first earthquake I've ever felt. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. You know, but like the tornado kind of shook you up, didn't it? <laughs> I'm <laughs> all shook up. <laughs> <laughs> Little Elvis reference <laughs> <It's> kind of <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, and I've I mean, always enjoyed yeah. Monroe yeah. and I never understood kids yeah. and my friends or whatever. I just gotta get out of this that's town. Every, but that's everywhere. I know that's, that's everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's like that's everywhere. We have it pretty good. I mean yeah. we we really do. I yeah. think people realize that probably once they do leave. Yeah. And they say, Man, it's actually a pretty nice place to live. One thing I didn't ask about this, it didn't come up in the survey, but com- at least compared to where I was, again, there were two main roads. One of them was an interstate that went north and south. The other one was a two-lane highway that went east and west. Traffic was a nightmare where I was from. It was terrible. I feel like traffic is never a problem here. Yeah. Oh, really? Never. And I was going to say, coming from Chicago and then in Detroit and living in Monroe, it's like... That's funny. It's so, like, nice. It's like, oh, it just... People are friendly. Like, in you know, Detroit, you feel like you, you, you actually, like, go too close. You know, you, they're going to gonna look at you like they're going to come out and, you know, punch you in the face. Yeah, but, people, like, yeah. that's... Like, as I think back on it, like, that's one of the improved, at least for me and my family, one of the ways that our quality of living since moving here has been improved. Mm -hmm. I used to have to commute 30 to 40 minutes to work. 
one way. Alicia used to have to do the same thing. Half of her time was spent sitting in traffic. And that was, so both of us spending four hours collectively of our day, each day pretty much, sitting in traffic. And now we don't do any of that. I mean, partly because Alicia doesn't work anymore and I work very close, but... She does work. She does. You're right. She doesn't work outside the home. <laughs> yeah, she does very important work. You're right. But uh, but even whenever we do have to go somewhere, there's multiple roads in and out of town. Yep. There's not just one road in one direction. But there's only one crossing where there's not a train. Trains stink. <laughs> trains are not fun. I don't like how many trains are in Monroe. That's, um, that's a good perspective that you had because, like, I... I do not. I do not go to Walmart in Monroe or like that side of town because I hate the traffic. Which is what you're That's saying funny. is ridiculous. But, but, can, <laughs> but, but you hate, just what you're saying is you hate stoplights. Yeah, <laughs> stoplights and traffic are different That's things. What I mean. Yeah, I'm the, talking about a line of cars that don't move. No, it's the stoplights and just like there's some congestion there, right? Yeah. And I'm just like. Nah, I yeah. don't want to deal but with it. Compared to over Chicago, there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, and yeah. see, this is maybe a difference as well because where I, I mentioned earlier, like there's doesn't at least doesn't seem like there's a lot of people that are actually moving to Monroe. It's just people kind of who are here. Compared to where I was from, it was the fastest growing city in Kentucky, and there's just like the the roads and the mm-hmm. infrastructure wasn't built for all of the people that mm-hmm. were moving here. So that Waffle House was really drawing them in, huh? Tell you what, man. Waffle House was bussing. <laughs> it was awesome. Love Waffle House. I'm probably not using that word right. Uh, trying Waffle to beat. House? No, bussing. Bustling? Bus- bustling. 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 It was really yeah. bustling. Bus- bustling. No. Bussing no. is like you're getting on a bus going somewhere. No. that's. Yeah. I'm talking about the way the youth are using the word. Bussing? Bussing. That's new to me, then. Ask yeah, Sam Waters. Sam Waters is trying to teach me and my kids. I haven't heard what, that bussin one. What, bussing, Matt? Bussing. Well, first of all, you're talking to Sam about cool, hip things. <laughs> <laughs> First problem. Oh, sorry, Sam. I'm trying to rep you, Sam. I'm trying to make you feel cool. Did you say I'm trying to what? Rep, rep you. you. He's trying, trying to get oh there. Oh, my goodness. He's in it, man. He's wow. in it. He's, he's so cool relevant. Wow. He's you guys. so relevant. Y'all are dumb. Gosh. Y'all are dumb. That's why I'm such a loser. I just wear my, I just wear my vest. It's one of the reasons. Just, <laughs> it's one of the reasons. There's, there's, don't worry. There's many reasons why I'm not cool. Yeah. Uh, but just to, to get through this, oh, I mentioned family roots earlier. I wasn't too surprised by this, but I am curious to know because the majority of people, like I said, who responded to the survey identified as, as part of a Baptist denomination. I found 38% of people who surveyed considered their family roots to be from Monroe County or, or the Toledo area. The, the next largest was, or no, not the next largest, but then 19% of people uh, said that their sur- that their family roots were for somewhere else in Michigan. Most of those being Wayne County. So, like some of those people have moved to Monroe uh, to live here, but continue working elsewhere. And so, the majority of people here have roots from here. But the next largest group are people who are one or two generations removed from what we've already mentioned, Tennessee and Kentucky. But a lot of those people ended up starting our church or not a lot of people but some of them did and those kind of uh, I, i'm just curious how pervasive is that do you think tim through monroe county as a whole versus just like this little sliver that we interact with the most the southern aspect yeah like tennessee they would say their family roots and again i wanted to let them define yeah. and them say because I, I figured like a person who's taking my survey that's in their 60s they might think of their family roots as like their grandparents versus a person who's in their 20s 
might think of their parents and they might have been here or something. Yeah. I mean, my grandparents, I'm 40. My grandparents are from the South and that seemed to be pretty common amongst my peer group, even at school and different things. It wasn't yeah. rare to hear okay. family from the South. I mean, Ypsilanti yeah. is called Ipsy Tucky. <laughs> oh. That's what people call it because okay. there's so many from Kentucky. And Taylor, Taylor Tucky. Taylor Tucky. Mm-hmm. Huh. And it's it it's all because of the, the work. Yeah. I mean, it's because of the Ford plants and it's because of the paper mills and stuff that, that just brought people here yeah. from that area Yeah, um, is really what it is. But, yeah, I don't know how I, I would have answered that. I mean, I probably would have said the South, mm. but that's my grandparents came from there. My mm. parents from here. And on my other side, I'm a direct relative of Francis Navarre who founded Monroe. Mm. But my mind still probably would have went to – uh, my background's mostly the South. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know why yeah. I would have thought that way. But. Well, if where you would have been impacted more, your family's culture, where would it have been impacted more is kind of where you think of like your family roots of, you know, we kind of look like these people. That's yeah, I just I just remember like going with my grandparents and I'm be where are we going? We're going back home to Tennessee. Oh, and they're taking me with them. Yeah, back home. Yeah, that's that, what I that's, mean. That's what that's they would the have phrase, said. Right? That's what they would have said. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. And so that yeah. that was just like the place, and that's where more of the family mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So something that, again, for this contextual assessment of a person coming in, trying to become familiar, that was something that was pleasantly surprising to me and Alicia. We were a little worried coming here of, we're moving north. We're going to the north. But we actually found the, the culture of Monroe to be very familiar. The people, very familiar. Expectations, very familiar. It wasn't, you know, anything big or different like we were moving to Chicago or something like that where everybody thinks very differently than you or something like that or what you would assume that. But uh, Monroe is very influenced by Southern culture, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that says something about our community. This has nothing to do with this, but I was listening to a podcast and the guy's Latvian. And he went back to Latvia for the first time, and he was meeting people there. And a question came to him was like, are the people from Latvia, um, do they see think less of you because your family left to seek out a new life in America? And he said, no, they completely understand. Like they, it made sense to them that there was an opportunity there. Plus, it, you know, the wars and different things and the threats. And uh, I've always felt very different about saying that with the South. It's like you left us to go there, and I wonder why mm. that is. I wonder why it's like. Well, there was opportunity. They, my grandpa came to work mm. where there was money, mm. you know. And why would you fault him for that? And especially because, like, my grandparents still love the South and would talk great of the South, and they raised their kids to think the exact same way and still go home. But there was like this bias almost mm. of like you left, you left here. I don't know. It's kind of, kind of interesting. Which I guess maybe a little bit of that is what turned me to be more like. Hey, my home's not down there. I'm, I'm here. I'm going to attach myself to the Italians. Yeah, I'm going to be in this people here. <laughs> like, here. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's just interesting yeah. to think about for me. Yeah. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of our time, but before we get to the religion uh, questions, something I thought was interesting uh, in the survey was where do men and where do men and women go for advice? Who do they want to talk to when uh, – I think the way I worded it was where do they go when they where do they go first when they need advice about family or relationships? Um, only one in five people, whether men or women, will go to a church leader first, 
right? So relatively few people are going to a church leader, which again, to me, emphasizes the need for families to be rooted and grounded in their faith, for parents to be ready, for siblings to be ready to encourage one another, for friends to be ready to do that. Because um, people listening to this podcast, you might think, you know, people are coming to us all the time for advice, uh, for things, you know, for their life or whatever. Actually, they're not. They do from time to time, but majority of people aren't, their pastors are not their first choice, uh, is what this survey has revealed, which isn't news really. But something that I found interesting was that men were twice as likely as women were to go to their parents first for advice. I, I was surprised by that. Um, does that strike you guys at all? Yeah, it surprises me. Surprises me because you know it seems like this is maybe stereotypical, but it seems like women would go more toward you know call mom or go you know go talk to mom if they're going through a difficult time. So that that is that is a that is a surprise to me as well. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Women were more likely, not much more likely, but more likely to go to their friends. Fifty mm-hmm. percent or fifty-seven percent of women likely to go to their friends first. I will say this: Google was an option for advice on, for, on family and, and relationships. And the only people who said that that was their first choice were women. <laughs> no men said that, right? It wasn't a huge portion. Um, but I, I thought that was interesting. I, I would have thought that, um, I would have thought that women would have gone to their parents more than men, but that's not true. 37% of men said that uh, that's where they go when they need advice about that. Tim, you look like you're thinking really hard about something. Yeah, I was just okay. I I probably would go to family, I guess. Maybe my dad. I don't think I ask for advice a lot. <laughs> I'm not surprised. On relationships. Yeah, you got it all figured out, anyways. Do you? Huh? No, no, not at all. No, seriously. Do you? Like, I'm just trying to think like that. I don't know if I go to advice. Like, mm-hmm. oh, a, man I is, a man is driving me crazy. I what should I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think if it's concerning family and relationships, I think women think about that a lot more than men do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't. I, Mm-hmm. That's just natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess it would then depend on what kind of issues are happening that men are so concerned that they start thinking about family and relationships compared to the issues, you know, where I'm thinking about women who are getting together to talk about family and relationships, maybe between, you know, how am I raising, like if they're raising their children or mm-hmm. if they're doing whatever, those are casual conversations at some level, but that's just what they talk about. Whereas guys, specifically when they need advice, right. right, When they need help, not just to, well, I guess they could have interpreted it just talking about their problems, but, but I mean, and then getting advice in return, you know, like that, that kind of Mm -hmm. a thing. I don't know. I just could see that happening more. So maybe even when they, what kind of advice are they even looking for? Oh, what, what are the issues that are triggering them? And you can't see that in a survey like this, but, Mm -hmm. but that would be interesting too. Yeah. Yeah, guys probably don't have a lot of friends where they're like, he's just so sage and sound. I got to go to yeah. him. Mm-hmm. I, you, know, <laughs> well, you know, I thought I, about yeah. that. And, and mm-hmm. the survey is, I mean, that what that reveals is that men are pretty much just as likely to go talk to their parents as they are to their friends. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. About, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't think I have very many male friends that if they're struggling in their relationships, they come to me first, mm-hmm. you know, to their friends. Not as their pastor, but as their friend. Mm-hmm. You know, guys don't really seem to talk about struggles in their family and relationship with their guy friends very much. I don't know. Maybe that's just me thinking that, but yeah, um, I would think they'd go someone, you know, someone else like their parents. I mean, I go to my parents fairly often I for do. advice. I do too. I think probably men's circle is smaller 
too. That's true. Yeah. Probably in many ways. The yeah. the uh the circle of confidence, I'll say, mm-hmm. is is smaller. What? Circle of trust. That's circle of that trust. Movie. Is that a movie? Okay. Anyway, I don't know. I would say that it's probably smaller for men overall as a stereotype mm-hmm. than women, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. I don't yeah. know that. I Yeah, I don't know. I think I've been fortunate to not have, like, huge problems, I guess. I feel like with a lot of relationships, you know, where it was just my mine would be more little little things, in my my opinion, mm-hmm. with some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah. I might, just, Scott might have a few problems with you that we need to talk about on the air right now. We, we've already aired our grievances. Okay. That's over. We've go go got to wait almost a year for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Storm we'll up. Don't we'll worry. Do, we'll do keep, Festivus keep in July. Tally. Yeah. We're going to Festivus in July. We'll do a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Halfway through. Yeah. Just like they do Christmas in July. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what <laughs> oh, it is geez. for. Yeah. Well, just to try to, to, to wrap this up, the last section, I did try to ask several questions about people's uh, religious opinions and practices primarily. Uh, but I tried being able, I wanted to distinguish people. People who they would say they're religious, but it's not that important to them, right? And so people were able to rank on a scale of how how much they agree or disagree with saying that their religion is very important to them. Um, and most people said that it was important or that it was very important to them. And I wanted to see how did that affect their practice, you know, and the things that they did. And so, um. It, it had some impact on it, but there were some inconsistencies, some things that I was a little surprised by. Um, like it was in the survey, religion is more likely to be important to women than to men generally in the survey. But an interesting thing in the survey results, if you filter it down, men who agree that their religion is very important to them attend religious services more often than women who agree that it's very important to them. So while women are more likely to say that their religion is important, when a man says it's more likely to be important, he's more likely to actually attend a, a religious service on a regular basis hmm. than a woman is, which I was surprised by. I would have thought that men, which men, I guess, would be overall less likely because they're less likely to say it's important to them. But I don't know, it just seems like there's a, I don't know if it's right for me to say, maybe a greater level of, of commitment. Um, and you don't know, too, what what is um i'm gonna use the word hindering hindering people from like so women i'm just gonna throw out one variable that's probably a very small proportion of the people that took your survey but like women who are who have just recently had children or who have small children like oftentimes they're going to be the ones who have to stay home rather than the men oftentimes Mm -hmm. i'm just throwing out a one variable but still your point is taken did Um, you define um did you define uh often the word often to go often means? Uh, there was a question about how often they attend services. I think the choice was less than twice a month, twice a month, and more than twice a month. Mm. That was the big scale. Or the other one was just not very often. So, yeah, that was kind of the scale. Yeah, I'm just curious what people think often is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's too often. That's a good point. Like, I've went twice. That's often. Yeah. Right. But yeah. to maybe to a lady, she's like, I've only went twice. That's not very much. Sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I no, I, I don't know. I think, yeah. that's, <laughs> I think that's important. Like, that came through in one of my questions that I asked later, which was, I didn't want to just know what these what the respondents' practices were as individuals when it came to their religion. I also wanted to know, how did that transfer over into their practices as a family? What did they do together as a family? Because this is a class about discipleship and family. 
ministry. I'm the family ministry pastor of Monroe, Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. And uh, there was a question about, well, what do you do with your family? And it, it said that 95% said they regularly go to church as a family. I also, I did not define regularly. I didn't say, you we know, regularly I regularly go I let, once a month. I let them <laughs> yeah, think, well, yeah, that, yeah. that kind of showed through. Yeah. I let them almost 95% said that that is what their family does together. They regularly go to church, but this might make be a little confusing. When I filtered that group to, for it to say that the people who only go to church twice a month or less in the last six months, so twice a month or less, 80% of the people who go to church twice a month or less say that they go to church regularly yeah, as a family. Yeah. I thought that was telling. Sure. Right. That tells you that's what they consider regular church attendance, mm-hmm. at least once a month. Regular church attendance, twice or less. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't consider that regular. No, I'd consider either. that half the time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think regular would have to be at least three times a month, as I would define yeah. it. But that's that's part of the reason why I wanted to let them define it. Uh, to sure. to kind of see. see between the lines and get their opinion of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that goes to show us, that's what people consider regular church attendance now, mm-hmm. twice a month or less, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's crazy. Right, hold on, i got to do some math. Okay, he's going to do some math. But while, while he's doing some math, the other thing that really came through that I thought was important uh, for for my survey and my purposes as a family ministry pastor is there was a discrepancy between people reading the Bible and praying who said that their religion was important to them as individuals. And those numbers for both reading the Bible and praying were halved when you ask the question, how often do you, or like, do you regularly read the Bible together as a family? Do you regularly read the Bible or do you regularly pray as a family? And so if 80% of people said they read their Bibles every day, only 40% said that they read it as a family. And that just, that reveals that the idea of your religion being important to you is a personal matter. Sure. It's something I am pursuing myself versus this is something our family does together, mm-hmm. right? The most togetherness was going to church, mm. right? And so that that has an impact because, and I, and I see this in family ministry where parents generally... I found through doing a class, through talking to people, through doing other research and things, generally think that their primary responsibility is to bring their kids to church. That's their primary responsibility. But even those who find reading the Bible on their own and praying on their own regularly, it's not as heavy of an emphasis for them mm-hmm. to do it with their family. To make, I even had a conversation yeah. this past Sunday mm-hmm. that revealed that. Yeah. So what really happens is, is we got regular church attendance means twice a month or less in many cases. And then on top of that, if family religion is not even, even at that regular pace being practiced. Right. So, so really you've got a very, very, very small proportion of your family's time devoted to sitting under the word of God and being with God's people where we trust God works. Um, And so it's, the sim that's a, that's a that's the that's the symptoms but also it that also bears fruit it also shows other symptoms of of uh of uh, a, a church or religious community mm-hmm. um, and and this is this is right this is not simply mmbc people but it it is 
people in the MMBC community or connections at some level, this survey, people that took it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming so because I shared it. The only, the only way I got it out was through sharing it on Facebook. Right. And asking those people who took it to share it themselves. Sure. And ask other people sure. they know to take sure. it. The only people who were allowed to take it were Monroe County residents. Okay. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. So mm. the, uh, the other one that impacts family is uh, I was a little surprised to see this, but I guess it comes down to how people are interpreting the question. But almost 25% of people who agreed or strongly agreed that their religion was very important to them said that when it comes to the religious beliefs of their children, it's more important to them that their children make their own decisions, even if it's different than what they believe. I was a little surprised by that. I mean, a quarter of people who say that their religion is very important to them would rather their child make the wrong choice about what to believe about God and about mm. faith, even if it's the wrong choice. Like, as long as it's their choice. People, I guess, could have been reading into that that, you know, they don't want to pressure their, their kids to believe something without thinking about it. They want them to actually have thought about it. That could be true, but I, I would have expected it to be higher of people um, to want to, you know, pass on their belief to sure. their children. Sure. You know, it was higher among people who said it was important to them, but uh, not as high as I expected. Mm. So, I don't know, that, that's kind of like the uh, the summary of a lot of the stuff that uh, that kind of stood out in the survey. Um, I don't know how interesting people have found it. I know we've been talking about it for a while. Um, But it's, I guess, it's good to know our context. Yeah. It's good to know people that we're ministering to, for the most part, and what their lives are like, what their challenges, what they think, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. That's good. Okay. Anything else? Got anything else, Tim? No. No. Nothing. Dave, doesn't have anything else? Nope. Good. It was good. Okay. Learn, Learn more about Monroe. The county that we live and call home. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for doing this, Scott. Um, so, who knows? Scott might be doing some more surveys. Um, no, no more surveys. For no this more class. surveys. Oh, no. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Next week we're going to be doing our uh, Baptist Church series. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so please join us for that too. Uh, take care, and we'll see you next week.